Thank you for joining our show today, the Basic Money Matters show. So we're speaking to the women. And if you are a man, we want you to remain on uh, the line. We want you to continue to listen because you can provide some of these tips to your uh, significant other. So today, our focus is on the sandwich generation, tips for women who are living in the sandwich generation. So at some point, uh, when your career is reaching a peak and women, we're looking ahead to our own retirement, any of us may find ourselves in the position of having not only to help our own children with college expenses or the financial challenges of young adulthood, but we may also be in a position where we're having to look after the needs of our aging parents. So as we may be squeezed in the middle, we're called the sandwich generation, which is pretty much a group that is loosely defined as people in their 40s to 60s who are sandwiched between caring for children and aging parents. Now, why am I speaking primarily to women? Because the fact is that women are those, are the ones who most often step into the caregiving role. There's that natural nurturing instinct that we have. As more women have children later in life and more of our parents live longer lives, the ranks at which the sandwich generation, we are likely to grow in the years ahead of us. So if you find yourself sandwiched between caregiving demands, we're going to provide some tips and strategies to navigate this phase of our lives. Could be helpful to all of us. So the first thing we're going to talk about is we need to set priorities. It's important to set priorities because the day-to-day -day demands of caring for both aging parents and caring for children can put a whole lot of strain, both emotional strain and financial strain on the primary caregiver. And I'm sure some of you are saying, boy, do I know what you're talking about there. But this is especially true when we have siblings, adult siblings or other family members who may not even agree with the, the best course of action for caring for our aging parents. Or our siblings may or may not pitch in to do their share, or they may or may not contribute enough financially to the cost 
of caring for our aging parents. So that's another uh, battle where we may have family members or siblings uh, whose contributions are not equal to yours or may not even meet, meet the needs of the family. So one of the first things that you must do is get yourself in the proper mindset because if you are finding yourself now where you are having to or about to launch into uh, being a caregiver for your aging parents and you have children as well, you just don't know how long this is gonna last. It could be for months or it could be for one or two years or it could last for a much longer period of time. So in any case, try to treat this stage as the stage of life as a marathon, so to speak, and pace yourself. Don't start off like you're running a sprint and you know basically exhaust yourself or burn yourself out too soon. So that's one of the things is uh, setting priorities and making sure that you uh, get yourself in the proper mindset and pace yourself with the, uh, the challenges that uh, will be coming your way. Uh, there are opportunities with it, but it can be challenging. Also, keep in mind that you should encourage open communications with your family to figure out all the ways that you could all share in the financial burden, ways that your family members can share in the emotional burden, and as well as the time burden that this will take to uh, care for aging parents as well as your own children. So uh, try to have these conversations and encourage open communications, maybe hold regular uh, meetings to discuss issues, um, setting priorities, even delegating who's going to do what. Talking about that and holding uh, your other family members uh, accountable for what they say they're going to do. Women are often conditioned to believe that we have to do it all, but there is absolutely no reason why any of our adult siblings, if you have any, can't share at least some of the workload. We're not uh, ever ready batteries, nor are we superhuman. And so we must allow others who are well capable. We all have different talents and gifts and we all have different things to bring to the table. But you may provide 60% of the, uh, the work uh, and uh, you may have a sibling that could only do 10%, but guess what? That 10% is very important. So take and allow your siblings to give what they can give. Encourage them to give more uh, when they have the opportunity to, or the capability to. It's important for caregivers, yourselves, uh, as the primary caregiver, to get our own financial house in order. 
Now, ironically, at the very time you need to do this, all of the, the demands of caregiving may cause you to lose some income because you're having to pull back on your own work by maybe not spending as much time at work, reduced hours. You may have to take time off that may or may not be paid time off, or you may even have to turn down another job or promotions because you have to be there for those that you're caring for. So here are some tips to help you get your finances on track. So the first thing always is establish a budget. Establish a budget and stick to it. So by having a realistic budget, you can help balance your income and expenses and keep your finances on track. Keep your finances on track. Number two, invest in your own future by putting as much as you can into your retirement plan, regardless of how young or older you are. You have to look out for yourself. You have to consistently contribute to your retirement plan, no matter what other financial obligations you have relating to aging parents or children, because you look up and you'll be nearing retirement age and there may not be nearly the amount of money that you'd like to have, and then it would be impossible to make that up in many instances. So avoid raiding your retirement plan funds to pay for anything else. You have to stick to your guns and say, these are my retirement plan funds, and these funds shall not and will not be used for any other purpose, no other emergency, no other purpose. Thirdly, don't quit your job before exploring other arrangements. If you need to take more time at home um, uh, that uh, over and above the vacation or personal days that you have available, you can always ask your employer um, also, if you can uh, telecommute, uh, have flex hours, obviously many people are working from home now anyway, or take unpaid leave. But um, if you need additional time, then there are flexible ways that you can get that. You just got to get creative and be open and honest with your employer. Um, many employers are compassionate and sensitive to uh situation of their employees. And so share out as much as you're comfortable with and ask for what you want. So another option, another option is to uh, maybe enroll your parent in an adult daycare program or maybe hire a home health aide to fill the gaps. Now, some jobs offer elder care resource locators or some other type of caregiving support as one of your employee benefits. So make sure you check. We had a podcast before on finding out all of the employer benefits that are available. While you may not have heard of one or are partaking in one, there may be benefits that are available relating to this that you can avail yourself of. 
So when you lose time out of the workforce, you will lose out not only on earnings, but possibly on Social Security retirement benefits. So, you know, if you can avoid quitting your job for this reason only, then do so. You could potentially maybe work part time or once again, uh, just have flex time, uh, reduced hours or some other options. So the, the main point of this is for sure, get and keep your own financial house in order while you are doing the caretaking for your uh, elderly or disabled uh, parents and taking care of your own children. Now, as we are caring for our parents, uh, here's some things to consider. Talk to them about their financial resources. Do they have retirement income? Do they have long-term care insurance? Do they actually own their own home? You need to find out where all of the documents and accounts are as well as any financial professionals or colleagues or friends that they rely on for advice and support. Ask as many questions as you can to be as um, knowledgeable about their financial life, documents and everything. Gather those things, make sure you know where they are, read through them so that you can be um, comfortable with uh, what they have and what they don't have. Now, a lot of this caretaking depends on whether your parents, parent or parents living with you or out of town. Now, if your parent lives a distance away, obviously you're gonna have to monitor his or her welfare from a distance and it can be pretty challenging. Now, although the Caregiving can be pretty stressful on just about anybody. Uh, distance can make it, can magnify the, the challenge quite a bit. So because you're not able to quickly get to your parents, likely it's gonna be daily phone calls or video chats, video Zoom, Zoom meetings or whatever it might not, whatever it might be. Um, but if that's not enough, then obviously traveling, you don't have to travel to your parents' home. Now that can be pretty expensive depending on where they live and can be difficult to manage with your own family and work responsibilities. So if your parents' needs are great enough, you may want to consider hiring some type of geriatric care manager who can help oversee your parents' care and direct you to the right community resources, or maybe a home health aide who can check in on your parents during the week. So here are some of the things that you should consider doing. Number one, in terms of financial related things or just general care, number one, take inventory. Take an inventory of your parents' assets, okay? And if necessary, consolidate his or her financial accounts. Write down every asset that they have and try to put a, a value to it. If it's an obvious value to it, you have a statement, then indicate that. But you need to know what all of that is and you need to write it down in some shape, form, or fashion. 
You also need to get a current list of the medicines that your parent takes and the doctors that he or she sees. And then finally, consider having your parent establish a durable power of attorney and a health care directive, which will give you the legal authority to handle their financial and health care decisions if your parent becomes incapacitated. So these are very important things that should be in, put in place while your parents are mobile and able to some degree and can speak and all those things um, and make sure your parent has a will. So just repeating those, taking inventory, your parent's asset, make sure you have an inventory or a list of their medicines and their doctors and their phone numbers. And then of course, uh, establish, have them establish a durable power of attorney and a healthcare directive, which will allow you to act on their behalf from a financial standpoint and from a healthcare decision standpoint, if they are unable to act on their own behalf. Consider consulting a tax professional to see if you might, might be entitled to any tax benefits as a result of you being a caregiving, a caregiver. So for example, you might be able to claim your parent as a dependent. It all depends on your personal situation. So uh, if you have a tax professional, you might wanna share with them that you are a caregiver and all the particulars around it. And there may be some tax benefits or, or deductions or whatever that you may or may not be able to take. Now, if your parents' needs are great enough, you might need to go a step further and explore assisted living options for nursing homes. Eventually, you might decide that your parent needs to move in with you. In that case, there are some suggestions to make that transition. Okay, if they need to move in with you, you can talk with them in advance about both of both your both of your expectations and concerns. You know, if at all possible, you want to set them up in a separate room. Um, for uh, their own space and privacy. Consider researching uh, any local programs to see what resources are offered for seniors. For example, this, a senior center, a senior citizen center may offer some social gatherings or adult daycare that can give you a much needed break, which you will need. Ask for and expect your siblings to help out. Siblings who may live um, in another state or far away, they may not be able to help out physically on a regular basis, but they certainly may be able to make financial contributions that can help you hire assistance. If you don't ask, you may not get it. Sometimes we think we have to do it all ourselves, but ask for it. In some cases, you may be surprised. Uh, your siblings may even be able to help, help in by researching 
some uh, nursing home or assisted living, whatever, uh, whatever you need them to do. Uh, some may be able to come and take your parents shopping because they are close by and have more flexibility and time. Others may have more financial resources where they can help and others may be, uh, be able to uh, are better on the computer and where they can do the research. So every person, every sibling's part uh, is going to be helpful in caretaking for your parent. Every family member, it doesn't even have to be a sibling, whatever you can get someone else to do, have them do it. Do not try to do everything yourself and make sure you keep the lines of communication open, which can go a long way to the smooth running of your family. And it's a multi-generational family because you have your parents, yourself, and your children. Three generations. Now, while taking care of your parents, uh, of course, we are also uh, taking care of the needs of uh, our own children, right? So um, our children may be feeling the effect, effects of this situation more than we think, especially if they're teenagers. So at a time when they still need uh, our patience and attention, we may be very preoccupied with our parents' care, very preoccupied with our parents' care. So we have to be very, very intentional about checking in with the children, teenagers and all, and see how they're doing. We are caring for our parents, meeting work deadlines, and juggling our financial obligations. So to keep, keep in mind uh, that it's important to balance our own family's needs. So some tips, some idea is talk. We should talk to uh, our family members, spouses and children about what changes may come about as we begin to care for our parents. What are some of the things? Oh, they're gonna be moving in with us and we should expect for this to happen or that to happen. Be very honest about the pros and cons of having a grandparent in the house and be sympathetic and supportive of your children and your spouse as they try to adjust to the situation. Once again, you're not going at this alone. So ask them to take responsibility for certain chores, but that, that maybe you used to do that you're gonna need their help with, but don't expect them to be the main caregivers. And of course, if you have children, teenagers, middle schoolers, discuss college plans. Encourage realistic expectations about the college they may be able to attend. Your kids may have to settle for less than they wanted or at least get a job to help meet costs. That could be a possibility. Really what's most important is that there's communication and uh, about expectations, uh, any changes coming about and uh, being realistic. And once again, bears repeating more than once, always ask for help. Always ask for help. 
It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength when we recognize that we need help and we ask for it. It's a sign of wisdom to recognize when we need help and ask for it. Teach your kids how to spend money wisely and set financial priorities. Try to build in some special time with your children doing an activity or activities that they enjoy. So we're not neglecting our own family while we're caretaking for our parents. There is a balance. So we have to be cognizant if we are tilted uh, where we are you know, spending so much time in one direction that the other family members are lacking. If you have uh, children who have uh, returned home from college or, you know, even adult children who for some reason have to come back home, make sure to share your expectations with them as well. Expect, expect help with chores. And that is above and beyond their own laundry and meal prep. Okay, expect help with chores, occasional simple caregiving, and expect a financial contribution towards monthly household expenses. These, this is for those adult children, adult children who've returned home. Once again, share your expectations with them. They are adults. Expect them to help with the chores in, in whatever you need because they are living there. Expect your adult children who return home to maybe even provide some of the simple caregiving and certainly to, the, to be contributing financially towards the monthly household expenses. Last but absolutely not least, Consider your own needs. Now, when you're in this stage of life, uh, if you happen to be a, a sandwich generation where you're having to care for both, once again, you don't know how long it's going to last. It could last for many years or just a few. So it's very important that you try to pace yourself so that you can make it for the long haul. As much as you can, try to get adequate sleep, adequate sleep, whatever that means for you. Uh, typically it's seven to eight hours a night. Try if you can to eat nutritiously and exercise. All of these things will increase your ability to cope. Now, don't feel guilty. Do not feel guilty about taking time for yourself when you need it. Whether it's a massage, going to a movie, a couple of hours hold up with a book, or a longer weekend getaway, you do what you need to do to have that break for yourself. Because if, if you, if mom and daughter, as a, as a sandwich generation, you're both a, a daughter or son for that matter, and a mom, 
if you are uh, not taking care of yourself and in a position where you're stressed and falling apart, you are not able to help anyone else. And so you should be taking care of yourself first. When you put your own needs first occasionally and look after yourself, you'll be in a better position once again to care for those around you. So I hope that this information has been helpful to you. Um, the point is that we often, women, uh, are caregivers. And even if you're not a caregiver to uh, elderly parents, uh, we're caregivers to you know, oftentimes our spouses and our children, uh, it seems, on a daily basis. And we're often very challenged uh, with that. Uh, it's a great opportunity, but we can often be challenged. So these principles really apply um, as women, period. Once again, let's not. Um, Let's not overburden ourselves and uh, let's not try to take on the world. Uh, we are not, once again, ever ready batteries or uh, super women, although we would like to think so. But it's important that we care for ourselves uh, both emotionally, spiritually, and financially so that we can care for the loved ones in our life. I hope that this uh, podcast has been uh, helpful to you and look forward to you joining us um, in our next podcast. And thank you so much for joining the Basic Money Matters show.